Welcome, adventurers. Captain Salgum and his company are about to face a mighty Cyclops, destroyer of Glintcap. Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents... Tales from the Dungeon The plan had been a simple one. The Cyclops inhabited a cave at the western end of a small vale. A grassland lie between ridges to the north and the south. The cave had been sealed off with stone. Under the cover of night, Hova had been positioned near the mouth of the cave to give warning when the monster had left its home. The captain took two soldiers to the north ridge, and two units of three took to the south ridge. The plan was to draw the Cyclops into the vale and fill it with arrows. Morning came, and the massive creature moved the stone blockade at the mouth of the cave and emerged into the daylight. To the captain's dismay, it carried two cows and six goats from the cave, down steep rocky steps, and placed them in the grassy field below, to pasture. But there was no time to reason. Sergeant Veltrix had taken her unit into the vale at the east end and yelled out. The hulking humanoid had immediately scooped up what he thought was a log, but turned out to be its club. When the creature was halfway between the cave and the sergeant, arrows were loosed. Some stuck, others didn't, bouncing off its thick skin. The cyclops had bellowed and rushed to attack the sergeant's unit. They had grossly underestimated the power of their foe. It was nearly seventeen feet tall and fought on even after being filled with arrows. The captain, seeing the grave danger the sergeant and her soldiers faced, soon abandoned arrows and led the remaining warriors into the vale. He could not believe its ferocity. Two club strikes had crushed Private Erlin. A thrown boulder had erased Private Dummel, even after arrows and pikes struck wound after wound upon the humongous form. The Cyclops had surged past the captain and Private Griff, clubs swinging to strike Sergeant Veltrix, who attempted to flee, having already sustained grievous wounds. Her body tumbled through the field like a rag doll. Poor Private Griff was also smashed beyond recognition before Corporal Oravin was able to drive a pike deep into the body, pushing up and in below its ribcage. Captain Salgum watched the monster pitch forward the ground beneath his feet shaking as the massive body hit the ground. With blood still pounding in his ears, he cast his vision about. Three down? No, four. The sergeant. He threw his pike to the ground. Corporal Devram, make sure that thing is dead. He hurried past the mound that was the Cyclops's expired body. Two steps past that, he saw her. The sergeant lay face down in the grass. Upon seeing her, he paused involuntarily, the feeling of being kicked in the stomach. Eight years. She had served with him eight years. He stepped again, kneeling beside the motionless form. Reaching out a hand, he placed it gently alongside her neck. Captain! He flinched as Hova yelled down from the ledge near the creature's cave. What is it, Private? He called in response. 
I'm pretty sure there's something else in the cave. What madness was this? What hell had they walked into? As he thought this, he realized for the first time that his hand was still resting on Veltric's neck. And there was... There was a faint pulse. Gorion, have mercy. Hold your position, Private. We will join you in a moment. Then he turned back toward his unit. Corporal Devram, the sergeant is still alive. See what you can do for her. The rest of you, on me. He led them to the head of the small canyon. It took a considerable effort for the unit to climb and scramble their way up the stepped rocks that the monster had walked up and down with ease. But then again, they were nowhere near 17 feet tall. Private Hova lent a hand near the top, and soon the five soldiers stood on the ledge that had served as a cyclops porch. Private? Salgum queried. Hova stood, eyes still nervously trained on the cave entrance, bow not drawn, but held in a readied position. I saw movement in there, Captain, during the fight. I was terrified another one of them was going to come out, so I kept my bow fixed on the cave. I should have been. That's enough, Private, he interrupted. You did right. Now let's see what else lies in this foul hole, he finished, motioning the unit forward to the mouth of the cave. They went slowly, pikes leveled. Three paces past the mouth, the light diminished, and three paces past that, the darkness was a collection of shadows and imagined horrors. Something moved toward the back of the cave, heard, not seen. All tensed, twelve beats of silence, and then a small grunted noise. They tensed again, stepping back, ready to strike. Nothing came. Private, we need a light on the double. The captain hissed. She nodded and sped quietly away. A tense eight bars passed as they awaited the private's return. Twice more they heard movement, but no more grunts. Hova appeared again with two hooded lanterns. They were lit. The captain took one. Hova kept the other. Without a word, Salgum gave a hand signal, and they moved slowly into the cave. Twelve paces in, Salgum held up his hand, the soldiers halting. The cave reeked of animals, and the gods only knew what else. It was surprisingly large, but then after consideration, it was not relative to the monster's size. The cave was an oblong oval. The lantern light still had not reached the back. What they could see painted a picture of a simple life. Three large flat rocks were placed as seats around a large stone ring, easily identifiable as a fire pit. To the left side of the cave were more stacked rocks that formed several pens, clearly where the small herd that the cyclops had brought out to pasture stayed during the night. Some long strips of dried meat hung above the fire pit, a disorganized pile of what could only be supplies and tools were shoved against the wall opposite the pens. A scuffle beyond the light near the back of the cave, and another grunt. The grunt sounded almost... wary? Afraid? Salgum didn't like this at all. His hand motioned again, and the unit crept forward, one boot in front of the other. The lantern light caught something. A reflection. No signal, but the unit halted. The light reached the back of the cave now. An unbelievably large pile of dried grasses and fetid cloth lie on the floor. The creature's bed. There was one large stalagmite to the left of the pile. It was roughly eight feet in height and near four feet in diameter at the base. 
It was behind this that their something was. In fact, now that the light was focused on the area, an arm and a hand could be seen clutching the side of the outcropping. Pikes were brought to bear. Salgum nodded, setting his lantern gently to the ground. Hova did the same, taking a few steps back before knocking an arrow and raising it to aim. Come out, Salgum called in a stern voice. We've had enough for one day and have no stomach for more games. This is the only time I will ask. A mournful grunt, and then it stepped from behind the rock. The feeling of being kicked in the stomach redoubled. Roselia wept, Salgum thought. Before them stood a humanoid figure, just shy of six feet in height. His stocky limbs were massively muscled. A nest of thick curly brown hair topped his head. He was covered in dirt, but completely naked. Above full brown lips and a broad nose, a single, massive eye stared back at them. Son of a... It's a child. Hova breathed out. Selgum felt as if he would expel his meager breakfast for a moment. He cursed the day that scroll with the Lord Patron's seal hit his desk. Fall back, he said, barely above a whisper. But, Captain, it's a... I see that, Private, he snapped. The creature crouched, holding its arms in front of its eye. What do you expect me to do? Bring it along? An awkward silence hung in the still cave air. Now fall back, he said. The unit slowly backed out of the cave. Salgum could feel Hova's disapproving gaze on him as they retraced their way back to the floor of the grassy pasture. To his dismay, Seneschal Pravitt was just finishing binding the sergeant's mangled arm to her side. Where the hell is Corporal Devram? Pravitt looked up, his face a sickened shade of white. He jerked his head toward the fallen body of the Cyclops. Salgum frowned. Corporal! He barked. No response. Turning back to Pravitt, he asked. How is she? Pravitt shrugged. I am no healer. Hova knelt beside Veltrix, feeling her head, checking her pulse at her neck, wrist, and ankle. Finally, she placed her head to the sergeant's chest. After sixty beats, she lifted her head and looked at the captain. If we don't get her to a healer ASAP, she will most certainly die. Well, what are you standing around for? Salgum spewed the angry question. He split the unit to its tasks. The Seneschal, along with Hova and two others, were tasked with getting Veltrix back to the horses. The remaining soldiers were given the grim task of gathering what remained of their fallen companions and commending them to fire. They were in a hurry, but the captain was not about to leave their bodies for the wolves. He himself stomped away in search of Devram. He could not believe what he found. What in cinder are you doing? Salgum yelled. The corporal was in the crux of the Cyclops' oversized armpit, where he had apparently opened up a cut with a short sword. Blood flowed from the wound, some of it into a strange metal container that the corporal held. The tube was a blackened silver and about the same length and width as his forearm. Devram did not look up from what he was doing until the container was full. He began to screw on a lid of the same material to seal the container. Salgum stepped forward toward the corporal, putting a hand on his shoulder to pull him away. 
As he did, he saw three more containers of the same type lying in the grass. He wrenched the corporal around, glaring into his eyes. He opened his mouth to yell, but at that very moment, Pravitt called from behind. Captain. Salgum spun to look at the Seneschal, who continued. Captain, the Lord Patron requested proof of this monster's death. Blood? Salgum asked. A tooth, a finger, an eye even. But blood? Pravitt's face strained for a moment, as if he was trying to remember something. But then he shook his head. Yes, Captain, the Lord Patron wanted blood, for blood. Salgum heard Devram stand behind him. He turned to look again on his corporal, who clutched the containers to his chest, staring back, expressionless. The captain snarled and stormed away. It was a bell before they finished their tasks and found their way back to the horses. Hova and one of the other soldiers had managed to fashion a stretcher out of pike shafts and tent canvas. The captain was inspecting their handiwork when Hova approached. The look of disappointment still hung in her eyes as she spoke. She ain't got time for back roads, Captain, she said as she nodded toward the sergeant. We gotta get on the main roads and move quick if she has any hope of making Roshan alive. She looked to where Pravitt stood. That means going through, Glintcap. The captain looked to Pravitt as well, and then back to the sergeant, placing a hand on her shoulder. The fastest way, Private. Mount up, he replied. They scrambled atop the horses. Anything that could be had been left behind in a pile. The captain, last to mount, pulled himself up and reined the horse in a circle, taking in the unit. Besides himself, he counted five soldiers in the seneschal. He scanned the faces. Where? Is Corporal Devram? The soldiers looked to each other in confusion. Salgum's eyes fell on Pravitt, whose face strained as if he was trying to remember something. Hova found the road west of Glintcap in just over two bells. Veltrix's stretcher was affixed between two of the extra horses, and they were able to pick up the pace slightly. No longer needing to lead, Hova rode beside the stretcher monitoring the sergeant's status frequently. Her frown seemed to grow with every passing bell. When they stopped for a short break, the captain rode back to look in on them. Hova looked at him and shook her head ever so slightly. No words were necessary. She didn't believe she would make it to Roshan. As Sol set, the unit came around the last bend glint cap, and all reined in to a stop without command. In disbelief. Torches were being lit on the tall wood palisade surrounding the town of Glintcap, which stood whole and unharmed. Salgum's mind wandered to the single eye of the child inside the cave. What had he done? A discussion with the guards at the gate only muddied the waters further. They reported that the town had been warned two days back of an impending attack. Anyone in the region was to shelter inside the walls until reinforcements arrived or the threat was eliminated. Further questions showed that the message came from the Lord Patron Othram's house. The guards were sure the mayor would be happy to discuss it with them further. No, nothing ever did attack, and they were relieved when just a bell passed, a single rider had come to this very gate with proof that the threat was eliminated. 
the rider had said that the rest of his unit would be along shortly, and that the town of Glintcap could go on about its business. They had said their dumbfounded goodbyes with directions to the temple. Pravitt muttered under his breath in shocked disbelief about how he had heard of Glintcap's destruction from the Lord Patron himself, heard the eyewitness speak of the horrors. They left Sergeant Veltrix in the capable hands of a cleric of Roselia. On the dirt street in front of the temple, Salgum growled. Split up. This village is not that big. I want every inch overturned. Find Devrum. A little over a half a bell had passed as the captain entered the second tavern of the evening, not far from the west gate. It was poorly lit, but filled with patrons. The tavern keep had called, Can I help you, friend? To which he had replied, Just looking for someone I'd like to have a word with. Even as he had said this, his eyes fell on a booth in the corner of the room. It was Devrum. He sat facing away from him, but the maroon cloak of the army of Borgen, along with the boy's wild straw-blonde hair, was a dead giveaway. The corporal shared the booth with a tall, dark-skinned woman. Long, tightly braided hair fell past her shoulders and over-expensive dark blue robes. But as she sat facing his way, talking quietly, her most noticeable feature were her piercing green eyes. Salgum's hand dropped to the hilt of a sword as he walked toward them. Just before he reached the table, he could overhear the woman's words. Did you know it is said the Cyclops are descended from the old gods? No. Well, I can tell you it is more than a rumor. The emerald eyes flicked up to Salgum as he placed a hand on Devrum's shoulder. The four tarnished tubes lay atop the table. Devrum turned to look up at him. Captain, he said with a smile and a nod. The woman stood, smoothing her robes. She shook long, nimble fingers free of her finely embroidered sleeves. A moment, if you would, Captain Salgum. Her fingers began to dance as she leaned in and whispered into his ear. Salgum shook his head. What was? He looked down to see a tall, dark-skinned woman with piercing green eyes sitting across from a soldier he did not recognize, who wore a uniform of the army of Borgin. Shoulder-length auburn hair was drawn back into a neat ponytail. The soldier calmly drummed his fingers on the empty table that sat between the two. Sorry to be the one to have to tell you, but I passed him on the road riding into town about a bit of the past. He was riding pretty hard. If you mount up now, you might catch him. Thank you for the information. Sorry, I didn't catch your name. Corporal. Corporal Gorham, sir. I am in your debt. Salgum turned to make toward the exit. He had to find the others. They had to catch Devrum. He was going to get to the bottom of this, if it was the last thing he did. The word monster has many meanings, and it can change easily with little more than a shift of perspective. For Carolyn, not all monsters are monsters. Join me next week for the beginning of the final tale of season two, A Thread to Pull.
Hello, listener. Are you a fan of Tales from the Dungeon? Want early access to episode releases, character sheets, maps, and more? Please consider becoming a patron of the show. Join the other adventurers that help make Tales from the Dungeon a reality and become a patron today at www.patreon.com forward slash speaking stone studio. All one word, all lowercase. That's www.patreon.com forward slash speaking stone studio. Join today and keep the adventure alive. <laughs>